This is X Boys. And as you know, my name is Henry. I'm Andrew. I'm John. And we're the X Boys. <laughs> In case you didn't get that by now. Oh. Yes, and this week, we are celebrating. The leader of the X-Men, the form, the one who formed the team in the first place, Professor Charles Xavier. In the episode... I, I'm Xavier. Xavier remembers. Bring me the head of Charles Xavier. If only we got that episode. What if that, episode. Maybe this one was it, though. I started to think that. Well, maybe. No, he said they threw that episode out. Yeah. But did they? In the book. Remember Eric Lee Wald, the writer of... I don't of read that book. X-Men, the anime series, the one, the one book that John has only read. <laughs> yeah. The only book he's ever read in his entire life. Welcome, folks. Uh, if this is your first episode of X-Boys, welcome. If it's your second episode, welcome back. And if it's anything after that, see ya. Bye. Bye-bye. Don't want you here, stupid. Uh, this week, Xavier is remembering. What's he remembering? All the times he who, treated honestly, the X-Men knows? like shit. <laughs> I mean, kind of. His mommy. Um, should we do a check-in? How are we doing, guys? Uh, pretty good. Yeah. The, the audience won't know this, but this is the first time we've recorded a podcast. The The gap between four and five has been pretty long. Yes. So we're back in the groove. We have Max here. Max, dog. The, the ex-dog. My, my dog. He's my sitting boy. between us on the couch. He's just licking his paws. He's licking. He's Ma- pretty cool. Max, you got anything to say? Okay, yeah. He turned his head away from the he microphone. He threw up. Not interested at all. Yeah. I um, usually do the licking around here, but... <laughs> He's our little beast boy. Let's leave it to the professionals. <laughs> uh, his favorite mutants are Beast, Wolfsbane, um, All right. Hairball, mm-hmm. or Hairbag, hairbag <laughs> um, from the Nasty Boys. No, it, it's, it's actually pronounced Airbag. Airbag. <laughs> Wait, what did he just say? He said Sabretooth's naked? No. Oh. All right. Max, I did not teach you <laughs> to be a Sabretoother, buddy. How can we fight what we can't see? Well, and if that's you what are, we're talking about Sabretooth because we can't see a costume. And if you are, or we can't see. If you are Sorry. a saber truther, you're in for a great episode because your boy is back. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. Makes he comes cameo. back in this. But uh, before Let's we go. get too far ahead, we should, uh, I guess, jump right in. Sure. Exterior X Mansion X X Mansion <laughs> X Mansion Night. It's a dark and stormy night. Xavier, he's having a nightmare. He's in the throes of a. Of a just awful uh, sleep. Uh, We've seen him have a lot episode. of nightmares. He like does with, a lot of with ah! La- like with Lalandra <laughs> and like all these kinds of things. I feel like we see him in his. By the way, massive bedroom. Yeah, oh, um, yeah. he's got the biggest bedroom in X. It is his mansion after all. But they're so. all pro- everyone else. I would imagine is just in like a bunk bed. Well, you got to think well, all those beds. All those, beds, not, so. <laughs> all those people he's spending like his mind energy locking into brain cells forever. When you go to sleep, your brain relaxes and all those doors are opening up. Suddenly, all these skeletons in this closet are coming to shake their bones at it. When you yeah. when you yeah. open up the subconscious mind of the world's most powerful mutant, you might not like what you get. Beast, you are needed. As we see an interdimensional portal opening up over X Mansion during this storm, Uh-oh. yellow streaks of lightning just going all over the mansion. <laughs> Bless you, Max. Um, waking up the X Men, and um, the X Men all run into the hall now. They're in their jammies. Let's go over these sleep fits real quick. Sure. Wolverine, he's rocking boxers and a robe. Cool. Love it. Beast, straight up boxer mode. I mean, it's basically what his ex-uniform is anyway. Yeah. Storm, simple teal nightgown looking Looks amazing. fine as usual. Storm has like five different outfits this episode. Each one, I'm losing my freaking mind. Uh, again, if You this better is- lose. <laughs> again, if this is your first time listening to X-Boys, you're going to listen to us talk about... Storm's great fashion sense and just great looks overall a lot. So, oh, and last but not least, we got Jubilee. Maybe last and least. Not last, because um, the most important. But here's the deal. She's rocking a jersey with the number eight on it. Now, the jersey, to me, looks like some kind of football jersey. It's got yellow. Uh, it seems to be sort of yellow, whitish, and green. I'm thinking it's a knockoff Packers jersey. Oh. And now, Packers fans, I know what you're thinking. She must be a Ryan Longwell fan who wore the number the longest and was the Packers place kicker for several seasons starting in the 90s. I however, knew all of this. however, Packers fans, you as you know, sick. 
He didn't start until 1997, and this episode aired in, say it with me, 1996. I don't believe what I'm hearing. So this leaves us with it being a Mark Brunel jersey, who was the backup quarterback to Brett Favre, much like Jubilee is a backup X-Man. You know what's insane is that Andrew talks so much shit about Bill Simmons and the ringer about talking about sports, <laughs> and he just did that. What? He just did that. They'll throw one line about, like, he's like fucking Michael Jordan, and Andrew's like, I'm going to burn this fucking place. No, because Bill Simmons can only speak in sports metaphors. I was no, like, he can't. Yes, he can, and I was... Just referencing a jersey that Jubilee was wearing. So mine is actually a story point. I enjoyed point, it. Whereas Bill Simmons is like, Cyclops is like Scottie Pippen on the... No, I want to hear how he's like Scottie Pippen. Yeah. Anyway, Cyclops comes running down the hall. No, wait, stop. All of these guys come out of their rooms at the same time. Yes. They're in their night clothes. They're sleeping. They're waking up. They're and groggy. Then, and then Cyclops sprints out behind them, <laughs> fully dressed in his uniform, ready to go. I think he just sleeps in it. <laughs> that Probably. He just is like sitting in bed perfectly still. like Daddy's got to see me ready first. <laughs> Let's go. That's He's what he says. Always ready to go. Yeah, he does. He rallies the gang to go outside and sees what's going on. But he says, Beast, oh, you, yeah. you stay inside. Make sure everyone's okay. That's not how he says it. He says... <laughs> Beast, see if everything's all, see if he's all right. He's got a lot of attitude this episode. He's so pissy all the time. Yeah, I don't know why he played it like this. This whole whole episode, he's like this. He barks at him. Beast, you are needed. Beast is always being yelled, barked orders at. But I do love that Beast is like, he's the number two guy in the mansion. Like, you know, he's the one that Cyclops can rely on, Xavier can rely on, everyone Everyone knows they can rely on Beast, and that's why. True. Yeah, hey, he baby, num- I hear the blues are calling. That's why he was number two. <laughs> <laughs> that's a classic Beast line. It is classic Beast line. Uh, that's why he's number two in our X Men rankings of last season. Yeah, well, he, he, I mean, he's better than ever. He's the number two guy. It's crazy um, how much I used to hate that guy. I know he really has risen in the ranks on this team since season one, he where learned, he was largely absent. He learned when to shut up. Well, the, the writers realized that they didn't they didn't know what they had with Beast. You know, mm-hmm. they're like, oh wait, we have a guy who's like strong and super cool and super smart, and like we should make him fall in love with AI. Yeah, they're ahead of their time. Anyway, cut to outside. The storm rages on. Jubilee's walking the grounds. They're all dressed now. Storms flying around in the foggy skies above. Wolverine's also running around the grounds when he sees Sabretooth emerge oh, from the fog. No. Fog, and as usual, I don't believe what I'm hearing. As is usually the case with Wolverine and Sabretooth, it's on sight. Like they see each other, they run and tackle each other. They immediately start tussling around. Yeah. As we cut back to Jubilee, she hears a rumble coming from the woods. The trees shake as this giant sentinel emerges and grabs her. She blasts the face with fireworks, and as the head of the sentinel rips open. It reveals Charles Xavier's face laughing, this evil laugh at her. Big as Charles she, head. As I she, knew it all along, dude. He's a villain. Well, is he? Uh, <laughs> oh, wait. This is a Sabretooth line when he sees uh, Wolverine. Ain't life just special? Oh, So that's cool. <laughs> Thank you for he's that, Henry. got a positive uh, outlook on yeah, life. Yeah, he's <laughs> excited. He's Yeah, he's... I mean, again, it goes into our theory that, like, Wolverine and Sabretooth secretly love each other, but they also hate... It's like a Xavier Magneto thing, where it's like they love each other, but they also hate each other's guts. And, in, and similar, Jubilee sees a sentinel and says... All right. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> More classic Jubilee lines. Yeah. Now, we cut to Storm flying. Suddenly, darkness surrounds her. Uh-oh. Closing in on her. I forgot she was claustrophobic. So you that you was did? Helpful. It's kind no, of... I didn't. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, you got my That's ass. Her one, uh, it's her one thing these days. It's, it's really all they've got with Storm yeah. right now is just, hey, remember, she's claustrophobic. Um, I kind of, I'm hoping that we get to see some more layers from Storm and, and some of these other characters moving forward. Can me so many layers of clothes she wore this episode? <laughs> Hey-o! <laughs> Hey-o! She, well, she sheds them later, I'll tell you what. Now, Pretty she soon. uses her powers to sort of shoot lightning at the darkness, but it's no use. It closes in around her and engulfs her. Right. Now, you're my boy. What's Scott up to? Well, he's also running around on the grounds hearing Jean. Ah, ah. Hearing Jean crying out for help. He turns, and Jean is being held by who? Mr. Sinister. Are you crazy? How is he back from the dead? I'm here to impregnate Gene. I don't think I heard you right. Now, as the X-Men are falling to their foes and their biggest nightmares, we see Xavier talking in his sleep. Uh, He's just screaming to himself, sort of, like, must save them. Ah, no, X-Men dying. As we see the X-Men sinking into the ground, and as he screams, they're all gone! We cut out of that cold open. 
and open on a laboratory sometime later, I think. And Jean is standing over Xavier in bed. She with, never went outside. With Beast. And uh, she, she's like, gone? What does he mean? Hank, what the hell is he talking about? They're watching him the two, sleep. The two smartest X-Men watching over Xavier as he sleeps while the dum-dums go outside to see what's going on. I am Xavier. <laughs> um, they're in the infirmary with an unconscious Xavier trying to figure out what the hell's the deal. He appears, to, Beast explains that he appears to be in no physical pain, but he is mentally and physically weakening as if he's under some sort of powerful hypnosis. And then Cyclops busts in with all of his bravado and, isn't he the most powerful mate on earth? Gene, can't you do something? Well, what we saw outside never happened. Like the... It this happened is, in... This confused me as well. So, Gene, we saw Gene held by Sinister. And yeah, I'd love to no talk about that. Case. No, okay. of course not. That's, so I think these, it's all in his head. Yeah. These are all mental projections in Xavier's mind. And also, I think it's a f- in the X-Men's mind as well. See, this is what I... No, like it's I a don't collective, think... But later it becomes that. I think not, uh, this first one is that, just... Because that's, Gene, just ex- yeah. that's just Gene's for Xavier. Outside. Yeah. So you're saying that all we've seen so far until the infirmary yeah. is has been from Xavier's point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. I think. Which is a little it doesn't quite work because they're facing all of their biggest fears. Why does Professor X have a better indication of what their fear, biggest fear? I don't know. No, I get that. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a little weird. Well, Xavier knows what they're all afraid of. Or are they all seeing it? Oh. That's the thing. It's no. like I think the gene it, is outside. Gene is outside. Yeah, I guess that's the, the only thing. Well, the question is, is it a shared hallucination? Because it happens later. Because the gene, gene is definitely a hallucination, yeah. obviously. That's just, that's for Cyclops, right? Mm-hmm. Let's let's mark this down as all, all in all in his head. Let's return. Let's we'll, because later. Yeah, we'll get back to this. Yeah. So yeah, of course, Cyclops bust in all angry. You know, oh, can't you do something, Gene? Uh, she says she tried, but she can't. You know. Are it, you crazy? <laughs> Xavier telepathically then calls out to Gene Scott. Jubilee, you know, he's like, ah, yeah. he's sort of just crying out the names of the X-Men and lamenting that he can't save them. Gene literally just grabs him and starts sh- trying to shake him awake as we then fly into Xavier's mind, entering sort of this mm, dreamscape, I guess you want to call it. It's um, blue. Yeah. Listen up, here's a story about a little world that's also kind of blue, yeah. And all day and all night, and everything is blue for him, Charles Xavier, and inside and outside. <laughs> blue his mom and, and his, his house. house. And, and the <laughs> X-Men and also his Marie. I wonder How long can we keep this going? <laughs> Too long. Uh, welcome to X-Boys. Some big fancy house is where he's at. It's he's sort of. It seems like he's outside of the X-Mansion, um, but he sees some woman and he goes, Mother! Wait, I'm sorry. Um, spaghetti. Think about the lyrics of that song. I know. And just how the song is presented. It just starts with a guy go, listen up, here's a story. And I did. I did listen up. Wait, do y'all know the origin story of that song? I have forgotten. I'll give you the really quick Cliff Notes version. There's a great video on YouTube where they all explain how that song came (laughs) to be. Basically, there were these like three separate DJs who were all working at a music studio together. Uh, No, they were not together. They were all separate at the time. Okay. They were working on solo stuff. And um, one of the guys heard the dude doing like the the piano, like dun 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 down the hall, and he was like, "Holy shit, this is really cool!" And they they kind of started messing around, and then the third guy heard them messing around and came in and started working on lyrics and you know other riffs. That third guy's gonna want to know more. Yes, yes. The third guy didn't know them at all. Listen up, here's a story. The door open and just says, "Wow." And they kind of just fucked around uh, in the studio and just like were basically like on their like breaks from working on their own shit and just kind of crapped out this little song. And then the guy who ran the studio sent it to just like a radio friend of his to be like, oh, yeah, these guys did this thing. Here you go. And the dude played it on the radio and it like literally immediately became the number one most requested song on that radio on that Italian radio wow. station and just then hit the internet, the European charts, then the international chart and just blew up. And they were like literally within... Like two weeks, we went from not knowing each other to booking a full tour with just one song. Are you crazy? That's nuts. Can we be an iPhone 65 cover band, iPhone 69? <laughs> I'm sure it already exists. <laughs> um, so in this mindscape, Xavier, yeah, like we said, everything's blue except for Xavier. He's in full color, but he seems to he reunites with his mom. It's a very tearful reunion. You know, he's so happy to see her again after losing her. Um, Mother. Yeah. After I lost you. I thought I would never see you again. But what about my X-Men? <laughs> Don't worry, Charles. They're here. Too. 
too. She's right, Professor. Wait, I'm sorry. The the Listen pause that to, she takes. She, we're here. They're here too. <laughs> After I lost you, I thought I would never see you again. But what about my X-Men? Don't worry, Charles. They're here too. <laughs> She's right, Professor. Scott, I do not believe it. That life of contention and strife is behind us now, Charles. Oh. Storm! Yeah, Professor, and this place is great. No sentinels. Oh. You are all so real. All yet, right. Yet how can this be? The passion and, like, joy and, like, in his voice is so good. You like, it's why? so well done. You know why? Why? Because all the X-Men in this scene are sitting around a pool. Looking hot. And they look good. They all look hot. Except Jubilee. Except Jubilee. She's not. No, no, no. She's the only one I who doesn't. I don't think Professor look. X knows anything about Jubilee. No. Well, he Probably knows, about he knows that she doesn't like Sentinels. I think one time she fought a Sentinel, and I don't think she enjoyed it. She well, he knows, like he knows that's stuff. how she came to the team, yeah. and that's it. I am Xavier. <laughs> uh, also, amazing part of this is Beast is just like kind of like almost T-pose to pose on top of a diving board and just like. He does a little cannonball in. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, everyone's in storm. Pool. Looks incredible. Pool I just outfits. Say it. Wow. Yeah. Well, let's well let's go over the pool fits. Scott. Okay. He's rocking a casual red shade look with his red sunglasses the and coolest. his little a little salmon colored shirt. Storm. She's rocking a yellow bikini. Wolverine's got shades and a sort of a Ray Ban shades and a Tommy Bahama shirt on. Very cool. Sipping on a drink. Rogue's sitting poolside. Got her feet dipped in with a pink one piece and Jubilee. She's getting a tan in a pool chair with a blue one piece. And what's Drinking Gambit a little doing? Soda. Gambit's not even there. Oh my god! What's Gambit doing? Xavier doesn't give a shit about Gambit oh until later. God. You see, you do realize. see Gambit later on in this little dreamscape. But. Is this? A you zero? know what? It checks out to me because I'm in my heart Gambit, and if Professor X was ever telling me what to do, I'd be the biggest fucking asshole yeah. that guy. Yeah. So you, yeah, I think it, they don't get along. Xavier really doesn't. Yeah. Give a shit about. It. Also, <laughs> I guess he would have been in his speedo. Notably missing would is also Gene. Um, oh yeah, she's oh, not a good there, point. which feeds into our theory that. That he's Xavier's jealous. jealous of Jean. She's not in his. I perfect. don't like how strong she got that one time. <laughs> she's not in his perfect mindscape. Mm. Um, but all the X Men who listen to him and follow his orders are. Um, oh my god! But anyway, yeah, yeah, he can't believe it. Um, he's like, I can't believe this is real, but it feels real. So like, he knows he's sort of in a dream, but at the same time, it does feel like it's actually happening. And Wolverine's kind of like, Yeah, man, you got nothing to worry about, Chuck. And you know, all of a sudden. He, we see Xavier surrounded by not just the X-Men, but X-Factor, Lalandra, other mutants that we've met throughout the X-Men animated series. They're all surrounding him, and they're basically like, look, or he's like, look, I, I, to be with you, all of you, no more struggle. This would be such an easy life, you know? You are all so real. That's what I say to all my friends when I see them. And then his surroundings sort of evaporate around him as he then tra takes on a translucent astral form flying amongst the cosmos. And that's when it sort of triggered for me, like, oh, he's in the astral plane right now. Oh, yeah. Um, that's where his mind is. And if you remember anything about the astral plane in X-Men the Animated Series... There's somebody else lurking in there. Oh, we'll find him later. We'll see. Uh-oh. Um, as that? he flies towards a yellow galaxy, and we hear that same deep voice saying, let go, and the universe will be yours. Okay. Cut back to reality in the infirmary. Oops, there goes gravity. Snap. <laughs> 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 Snap back to reality. Xavier's reading's dropping again. Um, they're losing him. Cyclops tells Jean to try her powers again. Literally half of Cyclops' dialogue is like, Jean, do something. He's like, why aren't you doing this better? Yeah, why can't you be better at your powers, Gene? We're not exaggerating. I didn't pull this, but he barks at her. Yeah, the whole episode. Um, he's like, look, get in there, you know? Um, and she does. She's just like, uh, Xavier, we need you. Like, get out of there. Please, come back to us. As we go back to the Mindscape, back into the astral plane, astral Xavier is able to hear Gene, and he gets distracted. And the voice, that, that deep voice says, ignore it. You know, there's... There's some really cool, awesome, trippy visuals, um, and we sort of see that Xavier is recognizing this deep, darker voice, but then the, revo the voice responds, you know, you don't know me, you can't know me. He's like, which one of the people I locked up, the many, many people I locked in my brain, <laughs> yeah. are you? Which, you have which to be specific. The, the many mutants and humans that I have just totally <laughs> ruined for life. Um, and suddenly we see the image of a sort of giant, greenish-yellow, monstrous face flying towards Xavier as he tries to remember where he knows that voice, and we jump into a memory where we see Xavier. Now we're in full color here. Um, he's 
Xavier much younger in his sort of military garb that we know him in. Uh, he's got a little safari hat kind of I, thing I'm on. Xavier. We're in Cairo. And we're, yeah, we're, in Cairo in, we're in Cairo. As he gets pickpocketed by a young a young Cairo girl, young brown girl from Africa she with has white hair. White hair, what the heck? Well, of course it's young Storm. He chases her down using his telepathy to make her give him back his wallet. But then another voice chimes into his head. Well done, sir. He says he hasn't met another uh, person with psychic powers like his and asks him to join him at his restaurant. He said, what? Yeah, oh yeah, it's in his head. It's, it's All this is in, in his head. head. So he walks into a door and this guy is just sitting there. This bearded guy. So, you do not approve of the way I do business. Using children to steal? No, I do not agree with that. The little brat thought you were human. Normally, I would not steal from a fellow mutant. Oh. A thief is a thief, no matter the victim. I must disagree. Non-mutants are hopelessly stupid creatures. Hey. They deserve our most egregious exploitation. Jeez. Okay. Damn. And then... I am pretty dumb. Xavier realizes... It's the Shadow King. Wait, you're the Shadow King? No. You're that guy I fought all those years ago in Cairo. Because Andrew has explained this too, Shadow King was not always a spectral figure... No. He was a real boy. He was a man. Amal Farouk, the yeah. Shadow King. Uh, he, yeah, he was sort of an evil guy who became a... A lot of people sometimes speculate that the Shadow King was actually the first mutant. Um, oh. And that it's the entity of the Shadow King then got into Amal Farouk, and then Amal Farouk and the Shadow King kind of became one and the same. Um, but... Yeah, anyway, regardless, he's a crime lord in Cairo when Xavier meets him, and he has a ring of, you know, pickpocketing children. He's got a chin beard, so you know he's evil. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the comic, he doesn't look anything like that. Uh. He's, like, a big... He's a bigger kind of guy. More like a blob-type figure um, oh. in terms of physically. He just Brown looks, boy. But he's got one of those, like, you know, Moroccan Brown hats boy. like uh, the guy in Indiana Jones wears. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in the show Legion, uh, Shadow King. And this story uh. was actually adapted in Season 3 of Legion. They, they do the Xavier... Backstory where he meets the Shadow King and he realizes that the Shadow King was the first truly evil mutant he had ever met. This is also very much directly ripped from a comic book, X Men uh, 117. It's called Cy War. The cover's really cool. It's got like the, the yellow Shadow King monster like holding all the X Men. And, and basically, the premise of that, of that comic is that Xavier thinks all the X Men are dead um, because they he thinks they all died in the Savage Land. But little does he know they're actually still alive. But as he's remembering it back on why he formed the X-Men in the first place, we cut to this scene where he enters Cairo and he meets the Shadow King and he's like, oh, evil mutants exist. I got to fucking do something about this because I can't let these guys run wild. I got to form a team of other good mutants to fight these guys. Yeah. And as he's... uh, Oh, man, evil mutants that I created exist. Uh I got to do something to fix this problem that I created. Oopsie. He's kind of like the Batman conundrum. I he believe that Professor X creates his own villains in a way, and well, he, he takes away the wrong lesson. We'll get to it by the end, but he kind of takes away the wrong lesson from I, this. I will say, in this, you know, Shadow King was evil prior to Xavier meeting him, but I think, in a way, Xavier only made things worse. Exactly, yeah. In, in a way. Um, but, uh, yeah, so so we cut back. We're sort of in this memory still, and we... we Xavier's sort of doing a voiceover talking about what happened with him and the Shadow King and how they sort of engaged in this mental battle when they were in the restaurant. And they entered the the astral plane, and we see astral Xavier and astral Shadow King fighting. They're grappling each other in front of this giant wormhole in the cosmos. They turn into reptilian monsters as they fight, as Xavier narrates their their battle. of You know, the astral plane is where all the great telepaths go to fight. And uh, Yeah, and Shadow King is like, there are, well, here. No, they are gone. <laughs> And your dream has been destroyed. There are no more X-Men. It can't be true. I just saw them. In your world, you saw them destroyed. If you would like to see your lost loved ones again, come to me. Let go. Lose yourself in me. Be at peace. So he's trying to lure him in and let Shadow King take over yeah oh no Um, this is us about x-men 97 we've seen the toys we've seen the costumes clearly it exists where is it (laughs) yeah (laughs) what the hell well i think we we kind of jumped ahead a little bit but um oh because xavier does explain that he 
the the end of their psychic fight, he was able to lock away the Shadow King in the astral plane forever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or at least so he thought forever. Yeah, and so then he left the he leaves the restaurant with the inspiration to then form the X Men. And we see all of these different iterations of the X-Men as he's standing in this town square and he looks out at Baby Storm, who's out there, and she suddenly transforms into, I guess, all of the X-Men who were there at that time. Yeah. Which you see, like, a young Baby mm-hmm. Scott. You see, like, a young, normal Hank McCoy. And then there's just Wolverine in his Weapon X gear. <laughs> yeah. Like, fully adult Wolverine in his Weapon X gear standing next to him. But then they form, they they sort of morph into the, pun intended, um, first iteration of the X-Men where you yeah. have Beast and Gene. Iceman. Iceman, Cyclops, and Angel is there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that morphs again into the modern incarnation of all of those people, which Archangel. is, as we've seen, where it's Archangel, but Archangel wearing the sort of white and red angel outfit. Good angel. Like Good post- angel. Not the, yeah, like, yeah. pink and blue archangel death machine apocalypse suit. Archangel. Uh, <laughs> um, and so that was really cool. It was cool that they did that. They sort of showed all these different teams. And it, it, it sort of, you know, shows Xavier, you know, his mental journey, I guess, of being like, yeah, but I then, came from this evil thing and I had to find these mutants to save But the then world. those fuckers fade away. And that's when yes. uh, Shadow and he have a little... Tussle in the in the yeah. sky, and he's like, "Yeah, they're they're gone. Your dream is dead." And yeah, remember the opening of the episode when they all sank into the ground. If you want to see them, just come to me. Come to Papa. And as we see Xavier's astral plane form floating towards that yellow, sort of bright storm within this sort of cosmic black hole, um, we then see the Shadow King's monstrous form sort of reaching out to beckon towards him, like with these ghastly, cloudy hands and face. Um, as we cut to the infirmary, leaving the astral plane, we see that Xavier is continuing to die. But he's able to reach out to Jean from the astral plane. He tells her the Shadow King is manipulating his mind and luring him away from them. And the Shadow King's like, yeah, that, you're right. That's exactly what I'm doing. I've, I've almost got you, dog. And he basically says he's going to swap places with Xavier, taking over his body and trapping Xavier's mind in the astral plane. Uh, yeah, and as Xavier and the Shadow King then start to continue to duke it out on the astral plane, he reaches out to Jean again just one last plea for help you'll notice there's a lot of that there's a lot of just like he reaches out to gene for help gene's like i'm trying i'll try again yeah they just keep doing that over and over cyclops yells at her which kind of gets into my criticisms of the episode but i guess we could sort of save that more yeah. for the end so the fight in the astral plane is not going great for xavier and he re- as cyclops begins to despair he reaches out one more time telepathically to gene to try and get her to help yeah hey he spoke to me he asked for help what sort of help i can't tell but he seems to be in a desperate struggle with someone. How can we fight what we can't see? He's punching a wall when he's saying, Professor! Raise him gently. We were so worried. We thought we'd lost you. Yes, but now I'm back. Sounds uh, normal to me. Oh, cool. Usually how he sounds. Guys, normal Xavier's back. That's just how he usually talks. I love evil xavier it's my favorite he just looks so scary it's one of my favorite tropes of the comic of just like oh xavier's possessed or xavier's not himself or something's wrong with xavier it's great evil xavier's an oxymoron though right like yes 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 i also do want to note the cyclops line because it's so funny he just is so lost and angry this whole episode and he slams his fist against the wall and just (laughs) stares at the wall and says can we fight what we can't see? He's just so frustrated. Which is especially true for Cyclops because he yeah. doesn't have great vision anyway because mm-hmm. of that fucking visor. <laughs> oh, he doesn't know what I, to I do. I need to see something in order to fight it. He just wants to blast. That's all he wants to do is blast. Gene's but like, yeah, right. as Xavier wakes up, he's got this little red evil twinkle in his eye. Oh boy, here as we go again. We cut to outside as the storm rages on. Now, this is where it gets confusing. I don't know. Because the storm rages on and we cut to the X-Men all sleeping again. They never even got up, yeah. It's so, not confusing. The entire earlier part yeah, it's is not all right. Xavier, all in Gene, Xavier's Cyclops, mind. Cyclops, and Beast going are the room. only three yeah. who are actually yeah. awake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So They were figuring so, out this episode as they went. <laughs> it seems like it. Um, so essentially, uh, yeah, no, you're right. Um, but then they all... Now they all have the same essential nightmares that they had when they were outside, whereas we see Sabretooth bust through into Wolverine's room. We see a sentinel burst through Jubilee's window. Um, we see the ceiling cave in on Storm as she sees visions of the Shadow King. She Now she immediately knows what's going on because she was a baby girl growing up under Papa Shadow King. But um, 
She also had another uh, rendezvous with Shadow King season one. Two. Yeah. It was in season two, I think. Mishnari. Um, with Mishnari back home in Africa as there was a rift opening over Mount Kilimanjaro. Was that Kilimanjaro. like the first episode of season two? I think that it was like one of the started early, off It was one two. of the early ones. It oh, wasn't the like, first one. Oh, this is weird. Yeah, it was like episode two or three. Because remember, the first episode was Gene and Cyclops' honeymoon. Yeah. Ruined by the Nasty Boys. Mm-hmm. I could actually tell you. It's episode... Three? Good guess. Episode three. Hey, um, so anyway, yeah, um, with, but with Storm, we also see her transform back into her baby girl form as she enters the astral plane, and the Shadow King, we see Super Shredder Shadow King, essentially. Um, yeah, I love that. Grabbing guy. her. It's a great look. Mm-hmm. Great design. Super Shredder mech. Uh, yeah. Boy. We've not seen that before, right? We saw that in, briefly I, in the uh, Mishnari familiar, episode. Yeah. His, like, angular face looked very familiar. Yes, yeah, we've He's definitely made seen of that triangles, form essentially. before. He looks like the guy, the bad guy from Thor One, that the big metal, the thing. destroyer. destroyer. Yeah. He's like, yeah, the destroyer, but with like Zordon's face, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so alarms uh, back in the X Mansion. Alarms blare in the infirmary. Um, there's a security breach. Cyclops tells everyone to report in, but Beast says the alarms are all coming from the sleeping area. However, there's no physical evidence of danger, and he noticed that there's a foreign life form reading coming from this very. Room. The Shadow King is inside the house as I Xavier. What I'm hearing. Xavier floats off the bed, exorcist style. Now we're talking. Speaking in a voice. Now we're talking. That could only be described as pure evil. That of the Shadow King. Foreign life form. The reaction shot of Cyclops, Beast, and Gene here is absolutely incredible. And if you don't watch these episodes, just please just tune into this episode and fast forward to that reaction shot. Literally, all of their jaws just drop in. Beast's eyes bug out of his head. It's hilarious. Beast, you are needed immediately. You're not going to believe the weird dream I just had. The weird dream I just had. They were not dreams. The Shadow King has been attacking our minds. Storm, little Aurora, how I've missed you. And we get a Jubilee scream. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's uh, And what you just heard was as the X-Men sort of all convene down yeah. in the infirmary to be like, hey, what the fuck's happening? Um, just an exorcism. Now. Possession. <laughs> Gene now telepathically reaches out once again and senses something. Suddenly comes to a realization. She She knows what to do. She now sends her astral form. We see her astral form leave her body like Dr. Strange style. Um, and butterfly in the sky. Head into the astral hey, plane. Twice as high. Now, astral it's gene. It's in a book. It's in a book. <laughs> it's in a book. It's in a book. Reading Rainbow. <laughs> she. Uh, I, I'm Xavier. She sees Xavier inside this sort of fleshy hand prison. It almost looked like there was two hands like <laughs> holding Xavier, but like he there was also a clear windows in it. But anyway, so astral gene and astral Xavier start talking to each other. And he's like, oh, Gene, why, we'll both be stranded here. Like, we're, if we fail, like, don't come in here. And she's like, well, we're not going to fail. You taught me too well. Time Gene to... is awesome in this episode. Gene has only been awesome since Phoenix. I've talked shit about her, obviously, in the past, but she's really just, like, consistently this episode is keeping things under control. Well, once they did what the comics did, which is just make her a capable character. Yeah, right. Because all throughout that whole first and mostly second season, she's like just fumbling around, kind of always the damsel in distress, you know, mostly Mm -hmm. forgotten about. But like now every time we see Jean, she's like a woman of action. She's like getting shit done. It's almost like she should lead the team instead of Cyclops. Yeah. She she does basically because all in this episode, I mean, because all Cyclops does is bark very simple orders like go check try this again out. yeah try again do it one more time gene hurry up um, how can we fight what we can't see he does present very interesting questions like that oh yeah sure <laughs> um but even beast is like more helpful because he's like actually doing the medical readings on xavier and trying to keep him alive yeah gene and xavier mind meld time they use the combined power of both their minds to get to work and try to bust him out of the prison as we cut back to the infirmary and wolverine says the single greatest wolverine line i think no but it is one of the worst and that is great i say we do a shadow king ectomy i love that i mean what do we think I loved that. I laugh. I laughed out loud when I heard that in the. Well, episode. that's great. It is. It is very funny. Yeah, as he pops his claws. But you always like, have to wonder with with Wolverine: Is he trying to be funny? 
Is he self-aware? Is he in on? He's the smirking. Show? He's always smirking. I do like I that. Say we do a shadow kingectomy. I do like that they are doing a vasectomy reference in a kids show. I think that's kind of funny. And then Cyclops follows up that line with, "Are you crazy?" <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Just put him away." Yeah. Well, Beast Beast points out that if they hurt the Shadow King, they're actually hurting Xavier. And yeah. the Shadow King slash Shadow Xavier, I guess we'll call him. Mm-hmm. And Shadow Xavier's like, "Yeah, bitch, I'm the perfect hostage. You can't do shit against me unless you want to kill this guy." Yeah. Uh, checkmate, motherfucker. Until then, Gambit walks in. He's like, "I'll kill him." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who this? I woke up. <laughs> Yeah, Gambit's like, wait, who this guy? Oh, I kill him. Anyway, uh, until we go to the back in the astral plane, Gene and Xavier bust out of that mind prison, and we see the Shadow King now fly out of Xavier's body because he's got to send his form into the astral plane to keep Gene and Xavier there as they all fight. And Beast is just kind of like, well, can't do anything else. We just got to wait and hope that Xavier and Gene win. Yeah, because at this point, Xavier's fully lost himself. Yeah. And the box is. So the giant monster form of the Shadow King fights Xavier and Jean, who both throw on some psychic armor and grab each other as they get sucked into a cosmic vortex. Now it's Jean who uses her powers to suck the Shadow King into the vortex with them. Um, now, I don't believe what I'm hearing. In this fight, as they're all swirling in the vortex, Shadow King and Xavier bust out lightsabers in duel. I thought... All of this rocked. Like, there's lightsaber fights. Oh, yeah. Gene creates laser chains to, like, hold the Shadow King in place while Xavier slices him in half. And then Sick. the Shadow King reforms his body. Like, all of that was cool. And, yeah, um, yeah so it, it, the fight culminates um, as the Shadow King gets sent into the giant wormhole but grabs Gene's leg at the last minute and pulls no. her in with him until Xavier whoo, reaches out, I grabs her, Xavier. pulls her out as the Shadow King gets sucked in to the astral plane vortex, and I assume, once again, trapped. Oh, man. Get man. Ready. I disagree. I, I don't do well with mind battles. It's just a personal hang-up. I, I, Think I, about it I, this way. I tune out. Think about it this way. If you knew it was a mind battle, if you didn't know it was a mind battle, would, would you I be into it? No. I think I, it's cool, though. It, there's a lot going on. Visually, I think it's way more interesting than most of the stuff we see on the show, which I don't is, believe what you I'm know, hearing. people zapping each other, people throwing each other, you know? I, I just, I appreciate the the astral form animation and the fact that they also like take these sort of armored forms within those astral forms. And yeah, it's like you can see Xavier and shadow King who's like in his giant armored form, like fight with lightsabers like that. Are you crazy? I think that shit's cool. I think it's really cool. I think there's an ultimate message here. That's interesting. If I make it up as I go, (laughs) as we, as we often do professor X over the episode keeps saying my X-Men, my X-Men, even to his mom. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is an interesting thing. If you think of me and yourself as a child watching the show with your, my X-Men, your toys are in the next room. They are his babies. If you're punished, they're taken away. <laughs> right now, he's a he's a little baby boy who's in timeout and needs his toys back. And even this fight just feels like he's mashing together his little action figures. At the end of the day, he's just a scared little boy watching his favorite program. See, what I see when I see this he fight care is I lives. see a student saving her teacher. I see a daughter saving mm. her father. Wow. I see, you know, flawed as he may be, flawed as we all know he is, she's still going to save him because without Xavier, they all wouldn't have met. They all, the X-Men all wouldn't have formed this family of heroes that they've created with each other. You know, You're making me sick. Just kidding. I, I, that's nice. Um, <laughs> Xavier sucks. As we cut back out to the X mansion, um, the wormhole in the sky, sort of the, you know, the yellow glowing wormhole disappears. Wormhole the, a new, a new day dawns as the storm fades away. And Beautiful. the X-Men stand on the lawn back in their jammies. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all home. Let's go home. Guess what? They are all home. Yeah. Uh, and if you're wondering what the heck just happened, well, so is Wolverine. So Xavier explains, The Shadow King reminded us that it is only through eternal vigilance that destructive powers such as his are rarely kept at bay. A moment's weakness and he will return. Uh-oh. But the Shadow King also like forced Xavier to remember why he formed the X-Men and all and Xavier's like why I live, which is to stop evil mutants because that's kind of the only takeaway here is like, yeah, the whole takeaway from that story was like I met a super evil mutant and realized I needed to form the X-Men. Yeah. He skipped a part though. Yeah. I met a fully evil mutant, decided to imprison him, enrage him in my in a in his mind prison for years and years and years, well, creating a bigger supervillain. The same way he's doing with Miss Marvel, the same way he's doing, he's, he, 
is creating monsters. And instead, his takeaway is like, thank God I got my boys to have my back from all this shit I started. From continually punting the ball down the field. (laughs) Shadow King could just like not be a dickhead evil guy, though, and just give up. Yeah. Too. Well, the thing is, I'm that, saying Professor X needs to kill these motherfuckers. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like what's that. what's worse, I, eternal damnation that. on a plane of non-existence yeah. or death? You know, or uh, a juggernaut wandering around with CTE. I mean, lost, I think, <laughs> not knowing who he is, just running through buildings. Although they did look at they they did let him go like for real. They were just like, hey, That's just true. see yeah. you later, man. Although Are they do that crazy? with everyone and never works out. They always come back, but um. I mean, I do think the first, his, with Xavier's, and that's the end of the episode, folks. Um, But with the first run in with Xavier and the Shadow King in Cairo, I think he thought, like, oh, I defeated this guy. He's taken care of. Like, yeah. he's done so without realizing that he could theoretically return from the astral plane. He just kind of thought it was like, oh, I locked him away and threw away the key, and there's no way he's getting out. Storm forgot to tell him about what happened in Africa. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Whoops. Well, that was weird because there was, it, like, the only reason the Shadow King was getting out in Africa that time was because there was some weird temporal anomaly happening. It was, like, in the mountain. Yeah, there was, like, oh, there's yeah. a weird vortex in the mountain that causes a rift in the astral plane between our reality right. and the next. That was, like, a pure nature thing. But uh, anyway, That's like, just pure nature thing, folks. <laughs> I'll be the first to admit that, like, they did not really stick the landing on this one or stick, like, I think this... It's ev- fine. It's, like, a fine little side thing. Totally. It, and it goes by pretty fast. Like it doesn't. Yeah. The episode pr- moves pretty quickly. Although it's one of the few that doesn't feel rushed. It's just it repeats itself a bunch because exactly. there's not much to say. Well, and it's. I think there's a big missed opportunity. I think this episode really could have been more about the team coming together to save Xavier instead of yeah, like just Gene. You mm-hmm. know, like I think you could have shown like you keep that opening where Xavier sees that he's losing all of the X Men. And then you have all the X-Men like waking up and being like, what's wrong with Xavier? And they're like, we don't know. We have to figure out how to get to him. And then maybe Gene like mind links all of them and they all go into the astral plane together. And there's this thing where they have to like, you know, um, like like hitting more of that angle like that the Shadow King could attack Xavier from of being like, you have failed, your dream has failed, and the X-Men all hate you and will abandon you kind of yeah. a thing. And then the X-Men come in and they're fighting to save him and coming into his memories on the astral plane, you know, and being like, Storm being like, you know, you saved me from a life of crime from the Shadow King. And Wolverine's like, you saved me from being used by a government, you know, that I didn't want any Combine part of. Combine our forces and heart, like, similar and reminding to, like, Xavier Gene. how he saved all of yeah. them, you know. And not necessarily that, oh, yeah, he formed the team. But, no, he, like, saved these individuals and gave them all the greater purpose. Which I, But I also feel like we've been reminded of that a thousand times. And I don't want to keep giving Xavier but like credit when, for though? things. But, like, when? Not in that, not in that way, you know, like, laid out that... Uh, Simply, no, you're right. If we're doing keeping tabs, he's turned evil more than a lot of X Men. <laughs> this guy's a, a he's leaving himself open loose to it. But it's because his mind is getting attacked constantly. How can we fight what we can't see? I mean, he saved Cyclops from being a huge loser. You know, like <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I think he's still, I think he's still there. But I, I think the big positives for me in this one is is really like Jean. Jean's whole deal, like her going in to save Xavier, her being kind of the hero of mm-hmm. the episode, yeah, you know, using her powers, coming into her own. Beast keeps a cool head. Beast, also a big episode, good episode go. for Beast, bad episode for Cyclops. Let's go. And I think for everyone else, it's just like a solid, like, fine, you know? I like that we got to see the Cairo origin, you mm-hmm. know, we got to see Baby Storm. That was cool. Wait, so she was a thief in comics too, which is interesting. Yes. So tying her to Gambit and the Thieves Guild. So she was born in Africa and Kenya and her parents were like diplomats or something and they were working in Cairo or like ambassadors or something they were working in Cairo when they got bombed um like Cairo got uh, under siege I forget what it was there was like a real conflict that happened around this I want to say like in the 70s um that Claremont pulled from where they get bombed and her this is why her claustrophobia comes from because she is trapped in the rubble with the bodies of her dead parents that's fucked but for like days and days before she gets rescued and then she's like a street orphan she just like turns to a life of crime shadow king takes her under his wing and Xavier meets her. He doesn't know she's Storm. Obviously, he didn't. He doesn't. He. It's weird because in the comic they're like, "Yeah, I didn't realize it was Storm until way later." <laughs> like, they have a tendency not to lean into the Storm origin stuff, and I feel like this would have been a perfect opportunity to keep it simple. Yeah, Gene Storm, Professor X, her origin, and uh, I don't know. I think that could have been cooler. It, it felt a little unfocused just because they had to have Wolverine in it. They had to have the rest of the crew. But mm, oh, I see. Like making it a more focused yeah, episode with the characters, yeah. not just having the whole team being like, "What's going on?" Mm. Yeah. 
because Wolverine's arc by the end is what the heck happened? And that's all he says the entire time. That's literally all he does. Like he fights Sabretooth and then he goes, what happened? Yeah. Which I, I mean, I get it. It's like, it's X-Men the animated series. Like Wolverine is 90% of the reason why most of the right. little kids are turning. Especially in season in. four, whenever this aired. I mean, peak Wolverine 1996 was like, yeah. just man, that was like, I mean, we're entering peak X-Men action figure phase right now. Peak X-Men animated series. Like X-Men is peaking. This is also around the time I think, when the movie rights were, like, sold to Fox. I'm starting to have a fear that we're never going to see Sabretooth again in actuality. Like, all these characters that, I don't know. Like, real versions of them? Yeah. We're yeah. just going to see, like, dreams and facades mm-hmm. and memories? Yeah. Maybe. I you feel know like who Sin- we do see again I'm next episode? I'm pretty sure Sinister comes back. You know oh. who's coming back next episode? Who? Morph. He's back, baby. He's coming back. Oh wait, we got to do our ratings and stuff. We got to do a lot. I know, I know. I'm just excited. Oh, okay. (laughs) I thought you were teeing up our outro. I was like, okay, (laughs) let's get out. Let's yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. We're at like a lean 40 minutes right now. So, (laughs) excellent. Um, yeah, let's let's rate it. What what are we rating it out of? Blue moms. Blue mothers. (laughs) I'm down. Blue mothers. How many blue mothers are we giving this one? Our Why is everything get, blue there? Just to show us that it's a flashback, I guess. Whatever. Yeah. 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 To differentiate reality from fiction. I think he um, comes from Tronville. Yeah, he's from Tronville. <laughs> Tronville. Uh, who wants to go? I, I'll go first, I guess. Um, I'm going like, I'm going like a six on this one. That's low for you. That's one of my. It's my lowest of the season so far. But it's just they just don't really stick the landing on this one. Again, like I think if they did what I think they should do. Uh, but, like, legitimately, I think they could have made it way more about the X-Men themselves, like, you know, realizing what Xavier's done for them and, and yeah. letting, having, because Xavier has so much, like, um, obviously, like, suppressed guilt and um, regret regarding, like, the formation of the X-Men and just, like, the fact that he's running this team and he's so scared to lose them and just, like, for the team to give him some of that reassurance, like, it's okay, man, like, we love you, we're on your side. You know, we know you have your, you've made your mistakes, but like that's okay. And like, even if you do lose us, like we believe in this cause. Like, this is why we're here to fight for this and mm-hmm. die for this if we have to. So I wish I liked where he landed more. I feel like he, yeah. he comes away more selfish again, where he's like, "Turns out I always make the right call." No, again, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's the mistake of focusing this episode so much more on him than on them. Here's a Bill Simmons moment. Last night, LeBron James in his post game interview after giving the ball to Cam Reddish, who scored the game-winning point, said, I read what all of you said about me online last game when I gave the ball to Cam Reddish to score to win the game, and he didn't. So I did it again because I always make the right decision. Takeaway is wrong there. You don't always make the right decision. <laughs> he said, I always make the right yes. decision. Yeah. Oh, God, you got to gotta love that guy. Out of Blue Moms, I think I give this one. Mother. I'm going to go with six as well. I'm not going to be too harsh. Ooh. Wow. Um, I just don't like Professor X. Wow, that's your reason? Yeah, I think he's a piece of shit. Just because you don't like Professor X. Well, think about it. There, exactly. Yeah, okay. Bring me the head of Charles Xavier. Me? You must be wondering what my rating is. Well, it's got to be a four. Four? I don't care about this. Think about all the the numbers that are beneath six that you could be using. But, but... There's so many. But... But okay, four. At least a five. Let's is this going to end up lower than um Let's the orphan five. episodes? I don't think it's that bad. You're but saying it's like, this is as bad. As, you're saying episode. this is as bad as Longshot. Yeah, probably. Longshot was probably more exciting. Is Mojo in Longshot? What? Then what the is fuck is Mojo in Longshot? About? Mojo is in Longshot. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Great episode. Uh, wow. yeah, I'll give it a five. How about that? No, I mean, you, look, if, if four is your truth, then a four, four is but... four is low. Let's go five. I just, I just think it's a, it's a middle of the. It's it's a five. That's fair. Let's just say I, I'm not reading from Eric Lee Walt's book this week because he didn't even have anything interesting to say about oh, it himself. Man, I that's the thing is like there's nothing outright bad about this episode. No, it's, I, I don't like think everything kind of works, but you know it's just really the emotional journey that they expect you to buy into doesn't really land. As cool as some of the astral plane stuff is, as cool as the flashback is. You know, uh, it's nice seeing Wolverine tussle with Sabretooth for a couple seconds. It's nice seeing a Sentinel grab Jubal. You know, some of that stuff is cool, but yeah, yeah, it doesn't culminate into anything really particularly meaningful. If you had to pick to never see the Savage Land again or never see the Astral Plane again, which one would you choose? Oh, Astral Plane never again. I'd, I want to go back to the Savage Land every episode <laughs> if we can. I want a whole season in the Savage Land. You guys know this. God, I might actually even choose Tough. Astral Plane. I know. You choose it to see, like, to see the I would plane? rather see uh, Savage, Savage Land. Land. I yeah. think I'm, I'm on the same page. There's well, just more possibility. Well, there's nothing yeah. in the astral plane that they've presented us. You know, it's just, okay, Shadow King's in there. That's it. Yeah. You know, whereas with Savage Land, there's a lot going on. 
There's Sometimes. a whole there's a whole like geopolitical landscape in this savage land. They're to get dinosaurs, into. yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're with like political factions between societies and like religions. Yeah. And <laughs> is there a human of the week? Oh, is there even a human? Mother. Is mother blue? Mother. Mother is human? the human of the week. She's the only human in the episode. Mother. Uh, cool. Uh, oh, we got to guess the IMDb. We never did that. Mm-hmm. Man, guys, sorry, we are rusty on this one. Let's just do mutant of the week while we're at it. Yeah, tell me what you think. Uh, it's got to be Gene. It's got to be Gene or Beast, the two cool, think, calm, collected. I think it's if we're going like that, it's probably Gene. Because Gene's the one who comes up with the plan that saves Xavier. Yes, like, Professor X is Professor X. Yeah, <laughs> or we or we give it. to I'm obviously the mutant of the week. <laughs> or we or we go to I, I'm Xavier to Shadow King just to give him respect because it's probably the last time we'll see him. But he doesn't knows. do anything. He like kind of possesses Xavier for half a second and then dips. <laughs> So we are saying that it's Gene as a mutant of the week. Sure, Mother's human of the week. Unless you have a John. That sounds right to me. Okay, IMDb. I'm gonna go like a six point three. What's the average for IMDb? It's like seven. Usually around the sevens. Uh, Then I'll say good ones land in the eight. Like great ones land in the eights. I'll go six point eight. That is exactly what it is. Whoa! Good job, Henry. Doesn't it? It rarely dips too far below seven. You know, Xavier remembers, and I think this is one that we all just might forget. Yeah. Wow. But but next week that was good. We will have the courage oh. to will sorry, will we have the courage to face our boy Morph? Oh my god. Once again as he returns. Where has so he been? Excited. In the I don't well, know. we saw recovering. him. At, he's been recovering at Weaver Island yeah. as we last saw at the mm. beginning of the season, so That's crazy. Uh, next week courage. I hope, there's, I, I hope there's. I hope it's better like a, than this one. I hope there's like a Rambo style, or I'm sorry, <laughs> Rambo style. That would be really interesting. A Rocky style montage of him of getting back into shape. Jacked. He just keeps like morphing into different things and like you know, <laughs> that'd be sick. It's like a different like imp- impressions, like celebrities. Yeah. It's like yeah. I'm Henry. Morph. I'm Andrew. I'm John. We're Axe Boys. Bye bye. We did it.